January 28, 2023. It's a Watt for Pedro show. I guess one of the things we talked about last year was that you said one day or another I have to make a choice between the soprano and the tenor. <laughs> you know, I, I forgot I said that, but uh, I guess it was very fresh in my mind then. And uh, it's still a problem, and uh, it hasn't been solved. I, it seems now that I'm frightened to stay with the tenor because I don't want to lose it. But the soprano is so easy to uh, pick up and play, and I, like in my room or when I'm traveling, I find it's the easiest one to, to have in hand, you know? Mm-hmm. And more, more often than not, I find myself playing it. And most of the ideas that I get uh, come from the, you know, the sound of that and the range of that instrument. And I still like it very much. And I, but I, I, um, I feel that I want to, to go back to the tenor more or less because actually the soprano has uh, been about my favorite instrument ever since I picked it up. And uh, now I'm beginning to uh, get used to it, and I, I want to go and uh, strengthen myself on the tenor again. I've got to change on tennis. It feels like uh, it's about time to change mouthpieces, you know. And uh, when I tour is over, I'm going to Paris and go down to Selma Company. And uh, if the things work as I hope they might, I might find a new combination of mouthpiece and horn, which will give me something which will rekindle a new interest in the tenor, you know. At least that's, that's what I'm hoping for.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Start off the show. I guess it's the last Saturday, huh? January 2023. One month down. But I feel good about this year. Start off with John Coltrane talking to Michael DeRoyter about tenor and soprano saxophones. December 1st, 1962. Grimy. It's like 62 years ago. 61 years ago, I'm sorry. Then we had Derek Moneypenny with uh, two showers at noon. And because of those software engineers in Estonia with their scab invention, I have with me all the way from Yucca Valley, Derek Moneypenny. Welcome aboard. How are you? Thanks Derek? so much for having me. Absolutely. Very, very happy to be here. Thank Long you. Long time listener. We get to explore your fucking journey through music. So please, if you would, please bring for us your earliest musical recollection. Uh, I think the the first musical recollection of music that made an impression on me that I liked was, you know, when I was a kid, we You know, it's had... not, it's not, because you got to listen to the question. It's your yeah. earliest musical recollection, not your recollection that you like. All right, I got you. <laughs> well, no, because I, I say that, Derek, I say that, Derek, because some, yeah. uh, some uh, on-air guests, they bring up the fucking experience of the piano lessons, and that is very much branded upon their brain, but not a good one a lot of times. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it is, though. I think it depends on the teacher. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think, I, so I, it, So that's a little different answer. I think my first musical recollection is... Or earliest, earliest. Sit, yeah, yeah, earliest it's the watch, watch from Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sitting in the back of our Impala, Chevy Impala, going to a, probably going to like a swimming lesson and hearing Paul McCartney and Wings, who, who dominated the airwaves. Wings. Uh, so like yeah. 70s. Yeah. So it was, I think it was My Love Does It Good, the ballad. And I was like, what What the hell does that mean? Well, what's uh, all that stuff? Jet, Admiral yeah. Halsey. And, yeah. You know. He always had the bass very high in his own mixes. So you got to like that. No, no high end, though. He thought bass yeah. really should be bass. Yeah. You know, I didn't like him because everybody else did those days before. But that later on, as I got less younger, I appreciate his playing. He's good. He, he uh, Big picture. The parts fit really well. The closest right. guy I could compare him to is kind of uh, the lady in Talking Heads. Or maybe she learned from him. But they got this kind of kind of a pneumatic thing where they pump it up. It's really good. Uh this pad you grew up, was there uh, in musical instruments? There was no musical instruments, no. Okay. What about at school? Were you in the marching band or choir, shit like that? I didn't do, yeah, marching band wasn't my thing. Uh, and I didn't do a choir. I had some music classes that were kind of kind of hit or miss. Um, there, was, I, there was some where there was singing involved, like maybe third, fourth grade. And I had my teacher was kind of uptight, but uh, sometimes something would get through that I liked. But I wasn't wasn't a marching band guy. I wasn't a choir guy. Yeah, but they're kind of musical things. And, you know, some schools got rid of their music programs. So that's why. I asked Oh, yeah. That. That's why Flea started that uh, conservatory of music in Silver Lake, because he went back to Fairfax High and found out they got rid of the where he learned trumpet, you know, fucked up. So I always ask that one, you know, and and. <laughs> music is a trip, right? Whenever you do it, whatever reason, whatever kind, it's kind of invested in the next time you do it. So even if it's not even of your volition, I think. So what was the first record you bought with your own money, Derek? Man, uh, I'm going to, I do not remember, but I can tell you that 
my aunt Joanne, who passed away last year, rest in peace, Aunt Joanne, she gave me, well, for my 12th or 13th birthday, she gave me a gift certificate to Licorice Pizza, uh, which is the SoCal, you remember, of course, there was the movie that just came out, but Licorice Pizza was a chain the, of records. The one stores. I really knew, I mean, there was one in Torrance, of course, yeah. closest to me, but the one I really knew was Caddy Corner from the Whiskey Go-Go in West Hollywood. I remember yeah, seeing the so, fucking zeros and then going there and seeing their 45. You know, I come from arena rock. That blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I got this, I got this gift certificate. So I grew up in Yuma, Arizona, but a lot of my family was in SoCal. My dad grew up in Woodland Hills. Mom grew up in Culver city. So my aunt was up there in that. So next, next time we went up and visited family, I went to licorice pizza and I, I got an eight track and I'm very proud of this release, the, or the one, my first one that I picked out, because I still think it's a great record, uh, Cheap Trick Live at Budokan on 8-Track. And I guess, even though it was a gift, it kind of is your own money, because you got gifted. <laughs> I, I, I got I to pick, it wasn't someone because, getting it for me. I, well, the thing is, I asked that question, because when you're a kid, you ain't got a lot of money, so it's trippy. What would you spend it on? That's why I ask it. Okay, yeah, yeah. let me ask this. First gig you saw. Oh, uh, I think the first gig I saw was, uh, I might've been like eighth grade or maybe freshman in high school, the band quarter flash, who was, who had the song, I'm going to harden my heart. Uh, they, they played at the Yuma civic and convention center. And I remember going with a bunch of friends, someone must've driven us. I wasn't old enough to drive, but. Yeah, I saw that gig, and my heart's been hardened ever since. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was terrible. I, I didn't get. I wasn't into it at all. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you don't pick your first gig. Now, no. I, me and D. Boone picked ours. It was T. Rex, and we were uh, 14, yeah. uh, fourteen years old, nineteen seventy-three, Long Beach Auditorium. Okay. Uh, I know you get in on the guitar, but was that really mm -hmm. the first instrument you picked up? Yeah, it was, and it was one of those. How did? How did kind it, of similar to the whole. Let me oh, let ahead. me know how it happened. Yeah, it was a little similar to some of these horror stories with the piano lesson because it wasn't. I didn't play it because I wanted to. I was. I have a distinct memory of being again about twelve, thirteen, out in the front yard, and my mom coming up, and I was like playing some kind of probably football or basketball or baseball with my brother. And my mom came out and said, this is, this is my recollection. <laughs> she said, uh, your father and I decided that you're the creative one in the family. So you are going to take guitar lessons. <laughs> so it was like an, it was like another homework. Okay, your mom, your mom decided. Okay. Yep. My mom decided. That ain't a bad thing. No, probably, you it, know, well, when it, you're, I, when you're, not old enough yet, they fucking dress you too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got some great, great seventies era pictures of people dressing. Yeah, 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 right. But yeah, so the, so the. Uh, That's why people have kids so they so can the, have control over some destiny. <laughs> <laughs> right. They try to, they try to, because we wrestled it from them, right? So, what was your first guitar, yeah. Derek? Well, so I got. I started taking lessons and it was, it was like, no, what, was your, what was your first guitar? I'm curious. Yeah. Not, no. not so much. I'm a gearhead or anything, but I'm just curious. 
uh, it was like probably some kind of no-name acoustic. I, yeah, because that's I, what I thought. Hardly anybody gets yeah. electric guitars first. They always get the acoustic. Uh, and then they yeah. wonder why it don't sell like the guitars on the record. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're, you know, the action's so much higher. The yes, strings yes. are heavier. So it's good, good to learn on acoustic yeah, and electric. Yeah, good trainer. Like, good like nothing. It's like jogging yeah. at the beach, people. <laughs> right. It's good training for us, like pop group said. Against forces of oppression, and so in, in, now you had to go the ordeal of the teacher. Now this guitar teacher was yeah. there problems. So, well, I had I had some cool guitar teachers. Luckily, they were it was two in succession, and they were similar guys because they were high school dudes, and they were even though it was Yuma, they were somehow kind of hip. You know, Yuma's kind of a country town, but. uh these guys were like, they had like the part of kind of a border hair. town, isn't it? Yeah. It's a border town. It, yeah. yeah. Borders, it borders California and Mexico. Yeah. But I had these, they were these high school dudes. And I remember their names. First guy's name was Tim Bishop. He had an ovation, the round body, you know, the, no, those, the ones that those, fucking those slide off your lap. Cause he got like, yeah, exactly. glass. <laughs> yeah. you know, who's into them? Yeah. That, I'll tell you who's into them. Yeah. Bob Mole. Uh huh. You loved his. Yeah, those were well. Those were big, and he, he. I'm sure he paid a lot of money for it, but he he was really proud of it. I remember he had some grand funk vinyl, and, and we would learn. Was it the red record? And, Do you remember the red record? The live record. Yeah, yeah. The red record was the second one. It's after they dropped railroad from their name, and everyone, if you were hip in Pedro, you would have that in your living room, yeah. not just to play, just so people could see that red cover. <laughs> I thought they sucked shit through soda straws. I wasn't in there. People, people have no idea how huge Grand Funk they was. They really were, and like yeah. nobody knew about Stooges. <laughs> right. <laughs> and things kind of changed after thirty years. <laughs> anyway, there's a sad story about them. The manager took all their money and shit. So that's sad. Yeah. But but uh, okay, after school. Not graduating, but in the afternoon. Right. Do you get into the basement band, garage band, bedroom band thing? I eventually did, yeah, because I was, you know, I wasn't wasn't liking playing guitar. And then what happened was uh, early days of MTV, and I, I didn't have cable. I had to go to into the city and go to my friend's house, and it was seeing those those Who videos from the eighties, like "You Better You Bet," you know that kind of shit. And seeing Townsend made me want to play electric and want to start a band. So that, he was the one that did it. So we blame so Pete Townsend, got, right? Okay. Go ahead. We blame Pete Townsend. Yeah, yeah. He was D, D Boone liked Pete Townsend, that, too. <laughs> he did, he did. He, he loved the way, when I met him, he only knew Creedence. Of course, he loved John Fogarty. Yeah. But uh, he, when I showed him the who, he got into that heavy. Also, Buck Dharma, uh, Blue Oyster Cult right. guy. Yeah. So... Yeah, uh, Pete Townsend. So then, so do you get electric guitar at some point? Yeah. So I see, I see those Who videos, and I see this kind of ugly, miserable guy, like I, which is what I felt like I was. But he was up there rocking, and I was like, I got to do that. So, <laughs> so I got my electric guitar, which was an Epiphone Genesis. That was my first electric guitar, and I. So basically, I got a band. My my friend who I w would go into into town to see these MTV was a drummer. And then I, I, I did the power trip on my little brother 
forced him to, to learn bass. So that was our band. And we had an incredible name, Watt. Do you want to hear it? I'm really proud. Of, we, we were called Fast Break. <laughs> a little, a little basketball lingo. Yeah, yeah. Fast Break. Look, you, I, gave me this, you gave me this uh, tune. It's not just creosote. It's the creosote. Yeah.
Watch for Pedro's show. Started that chunk of music off with Derek Moneypenny doing the creosote. People, this is why you don't use telephone poles for firewood. They coat them with creosote. That shit will kill you. It's poisonous. Don't. It's hard to light, too. Shit. Okay. You don't even want to get it on your skin, let alone breathe in the smoke. Samuel Locke Ward, Iowa City, after that with the intro. Should have went ahead of creosote, but fucking Derek Moneypenny's my guest. And guess what, Pedro Show, hold sway. Sorry, Samuel Locke Ward. <laughs> the intro after the guest tune. <laughs> Ryan James Mobby with uh, White Me, What Might Be Sky. I, uh, Mark Court and the Samish Ensemble with Hatha Mao Ansaf Minik. Don't mean to butcher that language. Uh, surplus 1980. This is a benefit single with G.W. Sulk. This cat uh, used to sing for the X in Holland. And it's some new facts and one false one about birds. Birds are real dub mix compared to the other mix. Agriculture with the Circle Chan after that. Rubber O. Cement, Cardboard, Quinon, no, Quinwood, Tone. Got fucked up titles this bit. And finally, Derek Money Putting with Knowledge Jam. Okay, so fast break. Do, do yeah. they end up doing gigs or is it just a practice band? Well, fast break, uh, we morphed a little bit. We got a singer. We changed our name. And again, I came up with so, a name that I, I love. So fast break which, which actually was, never did a gig. No, it. Not that's to all my right. That's all right. Didn't. That's all right. Just yeah. trying to get it straight. You know, I'm, I'm pretending it's like almost uh, pert near the Perry Mason show. <laughs> right. And, were, I got, and I got this watch. guy working for me. Watch. I got this guy working for me for like two fifty an hour who finds out everything, all the shit that pigs, uh, police can't find out. Right. He sits on my desk. You know, that was Hannah Hopper's son who played that. Kid. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, those two people Perry had working for him. I mean, the lady, too. Uh, yeah, they find out everything. They never went to the yeah. jury. Make the motherfucker stand up. Okay, I did it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I'm just saying this because my mother loved that show. I had to see every fucking episode a million times. She loved that guy. She loved Raymond Burr. Okay, yeah. so tell me, fast break, it served its purpose. It got you and your brother playing with this other cat, but you don't get to play for yep. people yet. So you change your nope. name, you bring in a fourth person. Do you end yep. up doing get? Oh, I'm, I, I want to know about the material. What was the material? Was it trying to copy songs off records, or were you guys starting to compose already? Uh, I wrote one or two songs for Fast Break, but it was mostly covers, and we were covering shit like, you know, uh, Running With The Devil, Van Halen, Brand reaching out even to, like, Minute Work, who were big at the time. We were... Kind of just covering the stuff we like, trying to learn it. I think they ended up getting sued for that song. They didn't even write it. <laughs> but uh, that's all right. <laughs> Who knows what the fuck. Uh, yeah, you know, in the older days, that's how you learn. You copied other people. Yeah. With the movement, you had people learning. I remember meeting the Black Flag guys. Couldn't believe that the only uh, song they copied was Louie Louie because the Stooges did it. And that was such a trip to me. But I, I kind of dug it. 
So what was the name of this new band? Well, I ended up naming it The Pedestrians, which, of course, I learned later that was a David Thomas project, you know, Perubu side project. I think it was I think uh, it was David Thomas yeah. and The Pedestrians. Yeah, it was David Thomas and The Pedestrians, yeah. yeah. So, so I felt good about a name that I came up with at age 14 or 15, like David Thomas liked it too. So that was yeah. good once I, once, once I got hip to him. It's also, I think, maybe a little more calm than Pederist. Remember the fucking black right. flag called Chavo that on the back of the record? Chavo Pederast, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So it was real nice serving with you. <laughs> anyway, anyway, now this band does a gig in, in front of people. Yeah, we we, we tell me about did, the first one. We tell just, me about the first one, Derek. First one was at like a keg party that the like upperclassmen like so we were like juniors in high school, but the seniors knew that we played, and so it was like yeah, it was like a kegger thing playing uh, JV and there varsity, was no stage, you know. <laughs> like varsity and, and JV. We were doing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we were doing covers again, and then that led to like. Well, tell me we, about that gig. Got, was, was that gig a success? Did they throw shit? I mean, they like it. What? Oh, people liked it. Oh, and good, good. Yeah, we, yeah, our shit was together, and our singer was good. And again, we were just doing. I think we did Bad Moon Rising. Like we, we just were doing these covers, and just, just. Yeah, kinda, but we kinda, tried that in tenth grade, we, and the fucking. D Boone's pop had to save us in a pickup truck because they're throwing so much shit at us. It was that Cabrillo Beach yeah. here. Yeah, he had to drive through the crowd. We jumped in the back. It was our, our shit we were using anyway. And he, he got us out of there. They wanted to kill us. He thought it was so fucking terrible. It probably was. Wow. Uh, wow so, so, so what happens to the. Well, <laughs> I hate to break the news to you. <laughs> but I, I, actually, I've had a lot of gigs that have gone south, people throwing shit. I tell you, bat though the worst are batteries. D cells, they hurt. Uh, what, uh, used rubbers, they won't hurt as much, but they're kind of gross. What, uh, what what happened to uh, pedestrians after the successful school gig? We got more gigs like that, and we were like, so it let us like hang out with the older kids, and uh, you know, we we even get paid, and we get to drink and. So it was it was our ticket to like a little social world. So so we were into it for that reason. And yeah, it was it was fun doing it and learning learning to play in front of people. It was all valuable stuff. And how long it lasts? Oh, I think because I started when I started to hear, you know, some some more unusual and music that was drawing me a lot stronger, like first starting to hear even REM and then and going on to like Sonic Youth and all that. I didn't want to be playing the covers anymore. So I, I evolved out of it. Now, so other people, yeah. they would have just switched the covers. They would have started doing Sonic Youth ones and uh, talking heads and stuff. Yeah. We we used to work in an REM song because everybody was into that. But but I started to get, yeah, and, and hearing Black Flag and, and, and Minutemen and early SST stuff. Oh, no, REM and, was really important. They were the ones that kind of started what we call nowadays college radio. Because there wasn't really punk yeah, on and, college and, radio. College radio, I used to call the stores for SST. You know, I, I'd use the name Spaceman because they 
You'd think a guy in the band right. should be calling <laughs> up. So it'd be people, they'd be playing journey and shit because they're looking for jobs after college. Uh, as what yeah. D. Boone called them, corporate pawns. They wanted to graduate to that. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, January 28, 2023 edition. Why Pedro's special guest, Derek Moneypenny. Hold tight, round two. January 28, 2023, it's the second hour of the Waffle Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Bye. 
me tight as you tell me to run Push me back as you beg for a hug You call me cold as you block in the sun Defend myself and you say I'm no fun Say goodbye
show started off the second hour with Derek Moneypenny doing Leon. Van Connor after that. We just lost Brother Van. You know, I took Screaming Trees on the first two tours in late 80s. And uh, the Connor Brothers, beautiful. Mark Lanigan, beautiful. Mark Pickerel. That was the band then. And uh, yeah, Van was going to get Proch. He wanted to get his own version of Ballog or Tugbug going. He wanted me playing a couple tunes, but we ran out of time. Man, he was beautiful. I loved him. I remember we trade bases some gigs. I play his, he'd play mine just to do it. And yeah. Mother's Sleep, this is from his solo album a few years ago. Almighty Op after that, say goodbye to me. Chip Kimmon, my predominantly white family. Chip Kimmon, people with his brother, Tony 19, who we lost a couple of years ago, was in the Dills. Big influence on Minutemen. And then finally, Home. Which is a verb, people. Get it together, right? I think John Coltrane <laughs> said, uh, "Keep cleaning the mirror." Policy. Yeah, mirror. yeah. Derek Money Penny. Okay, now you make a break with that socially uh, lubricated band, and and now you <laughs> you want to get artistic. You want to use music as a form of expression. Right. What's exactly. the next chapter? Do you want to take it to higher education? What happens when you graduate high school? When I graduate high school, uh, I end up going to up to uh, I, I go to college and I end up at, at UC Riverside, not far from where I am now. And I, you know, I was I got to say that I'm kind of a late bloomer. I didn't really get it together during my early mid twenties. I was in a band, uh, but I, I I wasn't I didn't have my own real voice in it. But that is when I started to really get into the stuff that that put me on my path that I'm on now still. 
So, but I couldn't, I really didn't have a good outlet. Um, you're, you're saying this I, wasn't your band. This is a band you joined while you were going to college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of like the, like the lead guitar kind of ringer guy. And there was, it was more pop oriented than I wanted to be, but I did want to be out playing. I guess think I, I think I just couldn't find the people that I wanted to who who had the interest that I had. Kind of uh, Mick Marsian. You know, whenever I see a picture of Mick Marsian, what do you want me to wear? You know, bell bottoms, you need a mustache. I mean, what do you need? <laughs> I mean, he's got a big sickness now and he can't play anymore, but he seemed like the guy, cat with that would do anything to get the gig, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe there's different phases in your life where that that's necessary. So yeah. you can't beat yourself up too much. At least you were fucking playing. Like earlier when I said whenever you play, whatever the reason, you're invested in the next time. Yeah, exactly. No, it all it all has a resonance. And yes, it was at least I was playing. And that was around the time when when Firehose would play at the barn at UC Riverside. Right. And then Remember out that, that way, yeah. too, on uh, uh, California 60 uh, was uh, Green Door, uh, uh, yep. Montclair. Yeah, we, yeah, we called it the green odor. <laughs> well, it was weird. It had it had some t uh, little yeah. tell rooms in the back there that were kind of crack pads. That was a ah. kind of scary. I think it's a parking lot for a mall now. Yeah, one time yeah, the FBI the came inland, to get yeah, the me. The inland curtain, the inland curtain. Fire hose would hit that inland curtain, and I I would be there. So yeah, so very formative. Well, there was things. another one too. Actually, there was Riverside proper. There was a maybe a Lebanese guy. Uh, uh, Spanky's in the showroom. Oh yes. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like you said, the school at the barn. Actually, people, yep. it was UC Riverside at the school where this that venue was. And right. uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, of course. You know, SoCal's so spread out. You could play maybe every weekend. <laughs> yeah. If you're in Pedro. After, for you know, once gigs were, got out of Hollywood, there was one time when only gigs were in Hollywood. Glad those days are over. And, and did your band play Barn? Did it play Green Door, that kind of stuff? Um, we played at the Barn a couple times, yeah. Uh, but not not the Green Door. Yeah, we, we didn't take it on the You know road Riverside guy uh, who used to write for Slash Magazine, Chris D? Yeah. Yeah. Flesh eaters, and uh, sure. Bruce Bruce Duff, yeah. I think, is Riverside too. There's some uh, inland empire people in, involved with the music scene. It's very interesting. Like Sly Stone said, though, it's not where you're from; it's where you're at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's a big hero of mine. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. there's a ride going on. Incredible record. You you gave me this tune, Tin Teardrop. I'm thinking of the cap.
Watch for Pedro show that chunk of music and start off Derek Moneypenny doing in a tear, tin teardrop, and he's going to fucking lighten us to that. But <laughs> just a little, well, just, just a second, say, just a sec. Yeah, let, let, a, me, let me mention the other tunes. Yeah. Other desert people. When I, you saw me play, I don't know, in the summertime. I came, yeah. I actually came out there to record also. And the people yeah. I recorded with, the drummer man, Jared, this is his project called Primary Mystical Experience and Stream of Life. I made an album with those people, him and Raquel. And then we played, and uh, you opened up the gig. In fact, we shared that cement deck of a former firehouse. That's right. William Tyler after that with Come By Here. Mike Molnar, Can't Get Out From Under This Rock, parentheses, and Roll. Tim Holehouse uh, with Zan. This is title song of a record. Tim Holehouse, England, um, man alone usually, but he put... Uh, I don't know, I think it was drum machine because it's going so fucking fast. And he asked me to do bass on the whole thing. So it's coming out soon. And finally, uh, a project you're part of, and you can enlighten us to the specifics here, Derek, DMPH in Oakland. I think it's fucking East Bay uh, Band, maybe. Or project. DMPH, yeah, it was uh, two guys from Sacramento and me in Oakland. Oaktown. Yeah, that's where I lived for 12 years. Okay, yeah, so you you got out of the fucking Southwest for a little bit. Yeah, after after Riverside, I was in Arizona, and that's where I kind of had a got my first band that where I found like-minded people. So and you're writing Arizona, and you're writing tunes for it, right? You're not playing somebody else's yeah. tunes, yeah. Yeah, that was yes, that was a band called Royce Union, and that was me, my old friend from high school, who we had a lot of formative experiences Did with you? punk music and weird experimental music. And that's where I, I uh, so his name is Steve. He played drums in that band. So, and we, we did play gigs, didn't never put a record out. Did you ever go to UCLA? You ever see anything there? Because they got a hall called Royce Hall. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And right. I saw that's the UCLA jam was, there. It was yeah. the second time I saw the jam. First time at the Whiskey was good, that first record. But man, like yeah. a lot of those uh, seventy-seven England punk bands, only the first record's good. <laughs> right. And so he has a fit. The singer man, who I got to meet years later, he's a really sweet guy. But he had a fit because the monitors were shitty, and and uh, pushed all the shit over. So the roadies had to come out, put it all back, and he could finish the show. But you know who was the opening act? This is how fucked up things were in those days. Dwight Twilly. <laughs> Oh wow! I, I know. You yeah, think I you that. think that band you saw was bad? <laughs> Your first band, man. Dwight, nothing. I mean, they're good musicians and stuff, but okay. So yeah. uh, let me. Ha uh, what happens with the Royce Union? Royce Union. Uh, we have a huge gig. We get to open for John Spencer Blues Explosion. Yeah. Downtown Phoenix. Bunch of people come. We play our. We we go off, and it's really fun and. And then the, uh, I saw Judah with Trap Power, and, and Jim White was on the drums. Yeah, well, that was a, I mean, that was an amazing opportunity for us to get, and it was really fun, and got to play for a bunch of people. And then shortly after that, a couple of, of the guys in the band disappeared, <laughs> and Whoa. I couldn't. I, yeah, it was it was drug related. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so they 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 went incognito. They actually left. They moved to Tucson without telling me. <laughs> yeah, I had to take a base. I had to take so, a piece of a 
place of a bass player, this band Listenship. This bass guy, he doesn't just leave the band. He sells all the band's shit for dope. Fuck. Heroin, right? So, like, yeah, you're not going to play with us anymore. So Watt comes in and learns his songs. It's kind of a jug band kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, people, a band is like a family. When you do a betrayal thing like that, man, it hurts, huh? It took a while to, you know, for me, well, first of all, it took a while for me to track them down. And then it kind of took a while for me to (laughs) to get over what happened. Because they really just left me in the lurch. And this is pre-internet. It happened to Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl did a a reunion tour with the Scream guys, right? One of them them is like, don't worry, I'll drive the boat home, the van, you know. And he sold all the shit (laughs) or drug us. (laughs) We're at the end of that. Dave Grohl had to buy his own drum set from a pawn shop. We're at the end of the second hour, January 28, 2023. Dish P or so special guest, Derek Money Pay. Hold tight for our three. January 28, 2023. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Lot for Pedro Show start off the third hour. Derek Money Petty and a prodigy's got. In fact, it's an, a remix. People called Alto with an exclamation mark. Alto means upper, right? Up. This used to be Alto, California. Uh, bass driver is the name of the tune. Then uh, Muskeg Mud Suck out of Anchorage, Alaska. Ode to Fred. Okay, tell him he's got a fucking name here for this project. It's got thirty letters. Do ask <laughs> semi Colchiasin Verdidas with Topolina. Topo's a mouse, right? So a little mouse. Right? Uh, dumbass youth. There's Mike Baguette's project with Evan Lipson and uh, Steve Gigante. He used to be in uh, Deerhoof. They got a new record. Anyway, Derek Money Penny. Oh, oh, yeah. It's called Less Gum Flapping, More Squinting. And uh, Derek Moneypenny and Kevin Cochran after that with Abacamansi. What the fucking word is that? Hey. Part four. <laughs> Enlighten us. Abacamansi, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Port Marion? I mean, what is that? What is that word? Monkey talk means not the chimp. I love you too. Anyway, so now this band, <laughs> Royce Union falls apart because of. Motherfuckers not keeping it together. And what do you do musically next? Uh, so I leave Arizona. I go to, I go to Oak. I moved to the Bay. I moved to the East Bay, 1998 or nine. And then, and that's you know, a lot of, I mean, you played some stuff, surplus 1980. You know, I knew, I know Mo. Uh, Grux, I know, you know, from Rubber O, so some of the stuff you played earlier. No, I know Grux. Dude, I know Grux from Minutemen days. That dude was like fucking 10 years old or something. Come to the gigs. He'll always look like 10 years old. He's got good genes, but he was. He's amazing. He interviewed us for a fanzine and stuff, and and he's been around for a long time. Yeah, then he put together this Carolina, whatever, and now he's got the brutal uh, sound effects crew and. Yeah, what's yep. he call it? The, the costume noise scene? That's what he calls it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the he's the father, and he's he's an incredible person and a great artist. Yeah, and, he's turned me yeah. on to a lot of cats that have been on this show. So, so going to the bay and meeting all these incredible, you know, people who are doing really weird stuff. There's Mills College out there, and yeah, you know, which and, almost and closed, like, you know, almost closed. Yeah, it's closed. Yeah, but people come. No, out no, of there. I heard. I heard it's it's going to be re, uh, somebody back east is going to keep it going. Yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to be rebranded, but not be the same. Oh but, shit! Yeah, but yeah. So that's where I got. Uh, and then I was in. I got in a band there, and that's when I really feel like I was. I had it together and was doing what I wanted to really do for the first time, and found some great people, and that was Oaxacan, uh, and I. The, the drummer for that band is someone that you've you've played with, Mike Guarino, who you got you did a hand to man band record with him that I don't think ever came. No, out. no, we only we did a recording for it, but it never got past that yeah, recording. Okay. That was it was supposed to yeah, be the so, second chapter of the hand to man band with John Dietrich, mm-hmm. Tollum, and then he was pl- taking the place of Tim Barnes. But it never right. it never got together. We did that one jam and nothing. I think one thing got mixed, but that was it. Nothing ever came out. It's so sad. He's cool okay. people. I think Simi Valley. Oh, he's a, yeah, he's he's the best musician I've ever played with. He taught me a lot. He's really incredible. And uh, 
so that that band I had that band was together for about five years, and that was where. And then you know during that time is when I first started to make solo recordings. So that's when, and I'm in my you know mid late thirties around then, and that that's when I started to to feel like I d- developed a voice. I think Wes Montgomery thirty six when he made his first record. Wow. All thumb. Right. Get this. You know what <laughs> yeah. I just found out. He didn't start playing six string guitar till he was twenty. During his teens, he only played tenor, four string, tuned in fifths. Wow. Yeah, he got a trip. I had no idea. Well, that's why I had you on the show. I want to enlighten you there for that. <laughs> Thank you, man. I also want to play this Oakland since we're talking about Oaktown. Oakland mm-hmm. Afternoon Ensemble, Singe.
Yeah. He's got this rake recently. Somebody was tossing it out. The rake's progress. <laughs> the guy, when I stopped my car to pick this rake up out of the guy's trash, he came out and said, that's a good rake.
Live from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Start off with Singe from Oakland Afternoon Ensemble. Then Eugene Chadbourne, Dr. Huge, Professor Huge. Greensboro, right? North Carolina. This is him live and kind of a echo, a re- re- reverberation from the Psychobillies. Huh? A vintage rake solo. Remember he played the liquid rake? And then <laughs> yeah. finally, Derek Moneypenny. I am a bartender at the airport. Enlighten us to the Oakland Afternoon Ensemble. Oh, uh, that's me and my, my probably my closest friend uh, Brian Hillebrand. Uh, we've been doing that off and on for you know since I lived in Oakland. We still we're still recording and playing, and I think of it as like a kind of a punk frip and emo. Let me ask you about the other two projects that I did in last yeah. chunk of music. Alto with an exclamation mark. Yeah, that was a band I started in. 20 i moved to portland from oakland in 2010 uh that was my old friend steve from back in royce union my old high school friend we we reunited and played in an, in another band which was which was great to do so that lasted about six years and we he was one of the records. guys that did not bail on you yeah yeah. yeah, no, yeah. And what about he, he, he what was, about Kevin Cochran? Kevin Kevin Corcoran is a great Corcoran. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was also in the he he was in the DMPH project. Also, he he's a drummer who was was in Sacramento, now lives in the Mission, San Francisco. He's a he's a sound artist and drummer. And we've got a record coming out hopefully later this year. Of drummer, a dual, sound dual artist, project uh, you know, the two of us. A, a guy Cliff Martinez, right, makes soundtrack. I think drummers are. Perfect for like soundtrack kind of cinematic things. Yeah, yeah. Now tell tell me about yeah. this new record. New record is I know, and you've played several tracks from it, and I appreciate it. Uh, it's called Cibola, and yeah, it came out in December, and it's uh, you know I, I made it here mostly. Yeah, I actually made it all here, here in my little studio here in Yucca Valley, and uh, it's you know it's a I made a double album the year before, and it's a little bit of a continuation of that. I'm playing an instrument called the Shahi Baja, which is a 15-string. Uh, it's an Indian electric banjo. And so on that on that track, Two Showers at Noon, that's what I'm playing that you played earlier in the in the show. And so, I'm, I, so there's a lot of stuff there that I'm developing with that instrument. And it's just being out in the desert, I've gotten super productive. It's been great for me. Got here in 2018. And it's all, you know, being out in this environment, like where I grew up in, in Arizona, uh, it's been super inspiring and it's led to a lot of work flowing out of me. Yeah. And do you, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at, so it's DerekMontyPenny.com and also on Bandcamp now, under spell that it, name. Spell it, Derek, because people might get fucked up by yeah. the sound. Yeah, it's a trippy, trippy last name, M-O-N-Y-P-E-N-Y.com. So go there, com, yeah. yeah, go there, people, and and check out what Derek's got going because very, I th- I think being out in the desert sort of like being in Pedro where you're alone enough, you can focus. Absolutely, and just the sounds, and it, it isn't just the isn't just the visual landscape, but all the sounds out here. Same uh, with me. I got the sounds of the yeah. boats, you know, and the fucking yep. uh, all that uh, machinery going on uh, on the docks, and there's something about a place defining your creativity or at least having a hand in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear what you come up with next. So when you do, 
will you fucking flow it and then come on the show and we can play it and talk about it? I'd like to do that regularly with you. I would love to do it. Okay. Very much. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I've been playing your music for a lot of years, but now we can get some commentary. You know, it don't have to be like yeah. Frank Morgan and Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention. We're going to pay total attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Keep on keeping on, brother Derek. People, it's been Thank the Watt Pedro Show, January 28, 2023 edition. Keep your powder dry.